This week, Donald Trump gave us a good chuckle when he tweeted after the Super Bowl, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, and didn't understand that the Kansas City Chiefs played in Missouri and not in Kansas. And may also not have known, or didn't want to believe, that San Francisco was also part of the United States. Turns out he followed that up this week with confusing Concord, New Hampshire with Concord, Massachusetts. Not knowing where the great Revolutionary War battle was actually fought. Knowing that Trump is this kind of a clown to do this kind of stuff, we decided to go back into the archives and find some more examples of Donald Trump indicating that he basically doesn't have a clue. Hello, New Hampshire. Thank you for being here. You are so much better than the old Hampshire. It's great to be in Jefferson City. You make the state of Jefferson so proud. I'm, I'm standing here now on Frederick Douglass Boulevard to show you how great Frederick Douglass is. Do you know that normally you have to be dead before they'll name a street after you? Hello, New Mexico. It's good to be in New Mexico. You may... Oh. Uh, looks like we're going to have to move the border wall. Mars candy. Unbelievable how good Mars candy is. You make your planet... I'm going to go with the moon. So proud. Hello, Fargo. It's great to be in South Dakota. Beautiful, beautiful state. One of the best. One of the best states. So you should get one of those stone presidential mountains for yourself. That's how great you are. And put me on it. Some people say they don't know why we should. We need four Dakotas. But they all vote for me, so that, that's good enough for me. Oh, Ukraine, go after the Bidens, crooked, evil Bidens. If you do, you will make all of Russia so proud. It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Bowie Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. Thank you for joining us for today's eulogy. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's not fair. Uh, not necessarily a eulogy. Thank you for joining us as we discuss the fact that the United States of America is now pretty much officially at civil war. Yes, civil war. I'm going to say maybe forward nation versus backward nation. That's where we stand. Yes, it's a cold civil war. That's the good news. We're not actually fighting yet. But this country is completely divided. Was it just this week, at least since our last show, 
that the impeachment fiasco was finally concluded. Yes, the impeachment of a president of the United States for only the third time in U.S. history. And the first of those three where the president was clearly guilty and needed to be thrown out of office. Nevertheless, in what was the least exciting climax since presumably Stormy Daniels with Donald Trump, and the most impactful and least surprising climax since, well, probably Donald Trump with Stormy Daniels, the GOP has completed the cover-up and acquitted President Trump from the, for the acts that he has, and they have, which they have admitted he is actually engaged in. And yes, the GOP has finally done the deed They have truly split this baby into two. They have truly split this country now into two halves. Those who care and have some decency and live in the real world and Republicans. This is an opportunity for me to say something that I never thought I would say. Kudos to Mitt Romney. Yes, the one Republican senator who managed to abide by his oath, as he put it, to both the Senate, to this country, and to God, his God, I guess, abide by his oath and do his job and do his duty and vote for impeachment. Yes, say what you want about the Mormons. Apparently, they can at least recognize a cult when they see one. Maybe we can get some Scientologist Republicans into office and improve the party there as well. Yes, Mitt Romney who stars in the new GOP book, Profile in Courage, a compendium of all the acts of Republican courage during your lifetime. In other words, the Mitt Romney story. Yes, Profile in Courage, the one act of courage in the GOP. Well, you know, if you don't count Susan Collins, and I guess it's pretty damn easy not to count Susan Collins. We could just envision the upcoming Susan Collins campaign ad in Maine as she seeks re-election this November. Hi, I'm Susan Collins, and it is my absolute honor to represent the people of Maine as your senator whenever Mitch McConnell says I can do that. Yes, as your senator, it is important to me that you think that I actually care about you. And that is why I will always, whenever I'm allowed, make sure that I give you the appearance of actually caring about what you think about what I actually do. As long as Mitch says it's okay. You know, just recently, we saw how important a senator you have. When I was the one Republican senator that Mitch McConnell allowed to vote in favor of witnesses, knowing that it would never happen, so that I could come to you people in Maine and say, I voted to give the appearance of wanting to have a fair trial for the President of the United States and his criminal activities. And as your Senator, I promise to never do less, as long as Mitch McConnell says it's okay, to give you the appearance that I care. I'm Susan Collins. And is it okay, Mitch? Yeah. And and I, with Mitch McConnell's blessing, approve the content of this ad.
Yes, profiles encourage Republican addition. Romney actually had some stirring words that presumably no member of the GOP was actually listening to about his oath of office and his oath to God. Thank God, for instance, that Rand Paul was still doing his crossword puzzles. And presumably the rest of the Republican Senate caucus was busy reading their books, their press notes, and were practicing their bullshit speeches that they were going to come out after voting to exonerate the criminal president of the United States and give him free reign to continue to destroy and rip apart this country. What was amazing about the impeachment, aside from the fact that they have no integrity whatsoever, no concern for this country whatsoever, is for the most part, with with rare exceptions like Susan Collins, they didn't even have to go through the motions of pretending to give a damn. In, in fact, you could look at what happened and think, for many of them, the fact that it was so blatant was absolutely the idea. Because if you are supporting tyranny, if you are supporting autocracy, you want to do it out in the open. You want to call attention to what you are doing. I frequently said in class and on this show that in the history of the world, nobody has called a press conference while robbing a bank. Well, the Republican Party and Donald Trump have stood that on its ear. Part of their descent into tyranny is to make damn sure that you basically know what they're doing and you let them get away with it anyway. Thanks, America. Thanks, Trump supporting fucking morons. Anyway, it wasn't just the impeachment this week that was used to divide this country and show the extent to which we are at civil war. We had the State of the Union. State of the Union address, which was, to put it mildly, somewhat divisive. But let's start, because there's so little opportunity to do this. Let's start with the good news. Something that I did not know before the State of the Union. Rush Limbaugh has advanced lung cancer. Yay! Can I get... Where's my staff? I got to get an applause track on that one. Rush Limbaugh has advanced lung cancer, and one can presume that he's busy dying. And one can hope that he is in spectacular and unrelievable pain, even with all of the Oxycontin that he has a history of doing. Look, I know. I know what you're thinking. That is awful. You are actually wishing ill of someone. You are wishing someone to die and to die in unbelievable pain. Okay. All right. Yes, I am. Absolutely. I hope that Rush Limbaugh dies. I hope that all of his ilk follow suit. And I hope they die in unrelievable pain. It reminds me of one of my other great joys of my lifetime. And that is when Lee Atwater suffered pretty much the same fate. Lee Atwater, who was Ronald Reagan's hitman, another lying sack of shit, who at least had, I don't want to say decency, to not do it as a so-called journalist, to at least show that he worked for Ronald Reagan and the Republican Party and destroying America. Lee Atwater, who got a brain cancer, who got a brain tumor, rather, and inoperable, he knew he was going to die. Lee Atwater had a few months, I guess it is, to try to get right with his God, and apparently was scared to death of the hell that hopefully awaited him and 
Rush Limbaugh and their ilk. And Lee Atwater tried to get right in his last few months, talking about what an awful human being he had been, what terrible things he had done, none of which had any impact on the Republican Party, his successors, and most of America. But anyway, back to the State of the Union address, wherein we also learned that Donald Trump has single-handedly saved the country. Or as he described it, the great American comeback. Uh, for instance, just since Donald J. Trump has taken over this country, Donald J. Trump has stopped bashing this country. That's right, a remarkable comeback for this country, at least in Donald Trump's eyes, when, as of the moment he took power, he stopped bashing America and the state it was in, and all of a sudden started telling us how great it was, to which his millions of followers said, uh, yep, uh, yep, uh, works for me. <laughs> anyway, at least Donald Trump has stopped bashing the country here for a little while, so there's some, some movement there from the State of the Union address. Wonderful things are happening in this country. Well, you, you know what? For instance, if the coronavirus, which has passed the 1,000 death toll, has passed the death toll of the SARS virus, which had scared so many of us years ago, if the coronavirus kills enough people, well, not only will Wilbur Roth be the happiest Commerce Secretary on the planet, but Donald Trump will be able to take, take uh, credit for population control. Donald Trump, who has single-handedly saved us from socialism and will continue to save us from socialism in the next election, as he is busy telling his moron supporters. Good God, he tells the morons, they're coming after my health insurance. Yeah, right. This also puts me in mind of another tidbit from Ronald Reagan. When Ronald Reagan told us that Medicare was this country's, the beginning of this country's descent into socialism. Medicare, which needed to be stopped at all costs. Yes, the Republican Party, with a long and glory tradition of trying to deny health care to millions and millions of Americans. Also, never getting anything right. I didn't see the lie count on the Trump State of the Union address. But one can be sure that he got his recommended daily allowance in, in that one speech alone. Because it was lie after lie about what has happened to this country, what his record is, what he has done with things like health care. One lie after another. Yes, he must have satisfied his minimal and very high daily requirement of lies in just that one speech. I was going to say short speech. Not at all speech. So, of course... The big news coming out of the State of Union address in which the President of the United States declared cold civil war and lied repeatedly about his record was that the Speaker of the House ripped up his speech on camera after he had given it. Oh my God, the lack of decorum that Democrats show, the lack of respect for this country's institutions. Yes, the lack of respect for this country's institutions from a president who had no business being in office, lying in front of the House of Representatives, the Senate, the Supreme Court, the American public, etc. But that's the story.
Nancy Pelosi ripped up the speech. Was it an inappropriate lack of decorum? Are you fucking kidding? In fact, the only question is, basically, why was she there at all? Why were any of the Democrats even there? I know, that would show a remarkable lack of decorum. How about as the Republicans had done sitting with their backs to the president. How about yelling out, you lie, every time he lied? It would have been pretty constant. I know, you could have rotated through every Democrat in the chamber probably during the speech. But seriously, why do the Democrats continue to go through the motions? Have they not gotten the memo that this country is in civil war? Have they not gotten the memo that Republicans will do anything to destroy this country and rip and, and, and split the baby in two? And we still show up because it's the right thing to do. We're still going to play the game. Which is probably the number one reason why this civil war is not likely to end with as positive a result as the last one ended with. So Republicans, of course, are coming out after all this and saying Donald Trump will have learned something from all that's gone on. Talk about dividing this country. Let's analyze the Republican excuse for their impeachment vote, which was already so roundly refuted in Donald Trump's State of the Union address, and even worse, his appearance at, yes, the National Prayer Breakfast the next day, where the lies and the, ta- and the attacks were only ramped up even further. The idea that Trump will have learned something from this, the idea that Trump will be chastened by what happened, that has had the lie put to it within moments of them saying it. Donald Trump even being capable of learning? Let's look at this. Capable of learning? The man has demonstrated no ability to learn in his entire life. Some people have said, I listened to commentators say this week, the one thing you could say about Donald Trump is he's brilliant at self-promoting. Really? Because I wouldn't say that about Donald Trump. When you're a narcissist who is clueless and knows nothing, gives a shit about nothing, you self-promote. That's one of the advantages of being that clueless and that big a narcissist. It kind of helps you succeed in politics as well as business. Brilliant at self-promotion or just Chauncey Gardner? Chance the Gardener, from the famous story being there, where a stupid gardener is misperceived to be a brilliant, a brilliant politician and rises to prominence in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump, as I've argued before on this show, is simply Chauncey Gardner come to life. Anyway... The talk about Donald Trump being chastened was also undermined by the beginning of The Purge, which again took a few moments to actually start to happen. Yes, The Purge began within moments of Donald Trump's impeachment acquittal, where he started his attacks, his ousting of everybody who might have had a role in actually telling the truth proving the GOP to be a bunch of lying assholes in actual real time. I was reminded of this. The idea that as GOP senators were saying, we can expect Donald Trump to have learned from this. Donald Trump behind them on TV, demonstrating that he learned absolutely nothing other perhaps than the fact 
that he doesn't even have to be subtle. There truly is no limit to what he can get away with. I'm not sure he even learned that. I think he thought that from the very beginning. But this whole thing reminded me so famously, again, the Republicans gloried history. I actually brought this up in class. We were talking about the Republicans and their efforts in 2020, which will now be redoubled to make sure that they suppress the vote all across this country since it is their only path to political power in this country. I was reminded of Chief Justice John Roberts and his opinion just a few years ago eviscerating the Voting Rights Act. His opinion that so presciently noted that we don't need the Voting Rights Act anymore. The southern states are beyond trying to suppress the vote of minorities. While the ink was still wet on his decision, the day it came down, southern states started enacting laws to stop black people from voting. Go back a little bit further, and I was reminded of Justice Kennedy. Yes, the Justice Kennedy that we now so sorely miss in his Citizens United decision that opened up the floodgates for the political buying of elections by not only U.S. corporate entities, but as it turns out, foreign powers as well. And Kennedy writing that there's no reason to think that this will open up the floodgates and further corrupt U.S. elections. Before those words were dry on the Citizens United decision, Corporations and rich people were setting up super PACs. And Russia was probably figuring out how to use a Twitter that didn't even exist yet. So the purge this week in the wake of impeachment. You've all heard how Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman was thrown off the National Security Council by Trump. The man who so eloquently and movingly spoke to those of us who were listening in the House of Representatives about his and his family's experience in trying to promote the United States and its democracy. But of course, throwing him off the National Security Council was not enough vindication for Donald Trump. Trump then came out and asked the United States military to take disciplinary action and pointed out in what was undoubtedly a veiled threat, not so veiled, that the military should be taking disciplinary action against Mr. Vindman. Yes, because he told the truth. That wasn't enough. They then fired his brother. Trump had his brother fired, demonstrating to anyone who might want to promote fairness, the truth, and justice in America, we're not only going to destroy you, we're going to come after your family. You know, Several times on this show, I have compared Donald Trump and the Republican Party to organized crime, to the mafia in the United States and elsewhere. I would like to take a few moments now to apologize to the mafia. Yes, apologize to the mafia. I am sorry for putting you in such awful company. I've seen enough Martin Scorsese movies to know that you guys don't target families. You're not supposed to target families. I mean... You're the mafia. You have your limits. You're not Republicans. Anyway, we've learned from this whole fiasco with Vindman and his brother 
This is the military. Military, Donald Trump says, should be going after this man for telling the truth. Remember, this is the same military Donald Trump ordered to reinstate the pension benefits, the benefits for a man, a military soldier, who is a murderer. So we have learned in Donald Trump's America, murderers good, truth tellers bad. Also, the purge, as you've all heard, no surprise, extended to Gordon Sondland. Gosh, I feel awful about that. It's really, it's really a terrible thing when normal, reasonable, thoughtful, decent people actually have to feel some sympathy for Gordon Sondland. The Trump lackey who was made ambassador to the European Union tried to lie his way in defense of the president, but when he got caught in those lies, had to come clean. Well, apparently getting caught in your own lies and then having to come clean is still too much for this president of the United States. Gordon's gone. Undoubtedly to to participate in whatever mischief he can do elsewhere. And of course, just in the last day or so, the what used to be the Department of Justice has now announced that it will seek a shorter sentence for Trump crony Roger Stone. Trump crony Roger Stone, who was convicted of crimes that could have come with a sentence of up to 50 years. The prosecutors in that case asked only for seven to nine years out of a possible 50. But even that was too much for the criminal presidency, whose idea of autocracy and tyranny is to make sure that nobody in his corner can ever be punished. So he has demanded that the Department of Justice actually seek shorter sentences. His bitch, Bill Barr, happily complies. You know who didn't happily comply? All four prosecutors on the Roger Stone prosecution. All four prosecutors have withdrawn from this case. One has resigned from the used to be called the Department of Justice. And the purge continues not just to people who don't like Trump, but people in this country who work in the institutions of our government, the institutions of the press, the institutions of accountability. They will be purged by this criminal, tyrannical president. In case anyone could be confused here, U.S. law enforcement under William Barr's Department of So-Called Justice is now, U.S. law enforcement is now an arm of a totalitarian state. That's where we are. Let me say that again. U.S. law enforcement, the Department of So-Called Justice, is now an arm of the totalitarian state. The New York Times pointed out, and I quote, more axes are sure to fall, close quote, as the purge continues. Watch out, Stephen Colbert. Watch out, your ilk. Watch out, people who might have a podcast that tries to tell the truth and alert people to the criminal behavior of the President of the United States and his criminal organization backing him. Watch out, because the purge is going to extend to them too. This is tyranny. This is totalitarianism. This will not end well. Speaking of the Civil War, 
we have the Trump budget come out this week. A war on decent Americans on behalf of the super rich. A war on the kinds of people in this country who oppose Donald Trump. And to be fair, the kind of fucking morons who support him. But that's okay, because they're too fucking stupid to know. Some of the highlights, cutting student loan assistance, cutting food stamps, because seriously, why should poor children eat? Cutting Medicaid, health care, dramatic increases in military spending, however, will make up for those reductions such that the budget will continue to exacerbate the, budget, the, the federal deficit in this country for the foreseeable future. Dramatic increase in military funding, which, to be fair to Trump, is probably going to be needed to clean up all the messes he's been making around the world. Turkey, Syria, anybody? Although, as I think about this, I think to myself, why do we have to be increasing the military budget? Don't we have the Trump dividend from all the money that Mexico has spent on border security? Don't we have the dividend from the fact that all of our allies are now paying so much more for the security of Europe and much of the rest of the world? I understand. Shouldn't that dividend be eating up the extra money that we might need to clean up Trump's messes? In a remarkable Freudian slip, yes, slip of the tongues happen, but sometimes they're just so telling that they're worth repeating. We're doing a lot of things that are good, including waste and fraud. Tremendous waste and tremendous fraud. And thus, we have Donald Trump succinctly summing up his own administration. So who's going to fight against this? The Civil War? Who's going to fight the Civil War? Democrats, of course, have been trying to figure that one out. Past week, we've had the New Hampshire primary, and they're still counting the results from the Iowa caucus. And 200 white people in two states in this country has really changed the Democratic presidential race. Remarkable that we've been talking all along about how Iowa and New Hampshire have no business being first in the nation and having an extraordinary impact on the Democratic race. And yet, here we are. We're seeing in real time why it is that New Hampshire and Iowa need to be replaced with a bunch of states that more reflect, that better reflect the Democratic electorate. But not happening anytime soon. And we're now talking about how New Hampshire and Iowa have winnowed out the Democratic race. More to come on that in future shows. I, I want Before I leave, I want to make one other point, and that's about Joe Biden, someone who has really suffered through Iowa and New Hampshire and suffered for the fact that Iowa and New Hampshire are first and second. Joe Biden did not exactly cover himself in glory this week, not just with respect to not doing well in those two states. But you've undoubtedly seen the clip or heard him referring to a someone who asked a very reasonable question as a, quote, lying dog-faced pony soldier, close quote, and then giving some false reason as to where he came up with that stupid insult. 
Joe Biden, we, we, we have to now ask ourselves, is he planning on beating Trump or being Trump? The Democratic Party, of course, faces its own identity crisis. Does the Democratic Party plan on really fighting the civil war that Trump and Republicans have started? Or do they plan on rolling over and hoping for a nice petting behind the ears? The next few months will tell. We'll speak to you lots of times as we try to figure that one out. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 